0: It's like <laughs>
1: Hey Maniacs. Hey Mystery Maniac.
0: Yes. We're back for Father Brown.
1: Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week, Father Brown, season one, episode eight. The face
0: of death. Which turns out to be Father Brown's face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really expect that to happen. If um, you let your kids go to parties where they find peacock feathers to exchange for candy from a stranger in the woods, they can listen to (laughs) this episode. That's my peacock noise. Yeah, yeah. It's yet another annoying woodland noise along with the foxes screaming. Yes. That you got to put up with.
1: Just a reminder... This is our last full episode of 2023. Uh, I cannot believe how fast December is going. You're already done work. I am for two weeks. Woo-hoo. I have to work another week. Like-
0: I, I will because I still got to prep my class. It starts like as soon as I start back to work. So yeah, I still got to do that, but we do. So this is our last full episode, but we do still have two mini episodes to record before the end of yes. the year. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to those. I hope you guys are enjoying the minis for season 24 of Midsummer so far. Someone
1: posted on Instagram this morning. I listened to the mini this morning. And had to double check I was listening to the same right episode because you people said saw things I never saw
0: in this episode. That's the whole point. We
1: watch like maniacs. We
0: want you to watch like a maniac. That's why it's fun.
1: So then uh, they said that they were going to watch the episode again. I'm like, Acorn needs to pay us. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just, you know, a quarter for every time somebody watches the episode the second time. Yeah that would be good Just that, w- saying. that would make us more money than youtube
1: oh yeah we we finally made enough money to get a check from youtube
0: it's been a year
1: it's been two a, years a year. five years whatever it's been a year and we finally <laughs> made enough and i'm going to take that money plus the money that we got for our 6 months of merch sales merch sales and, we'll, and we'll give that it. all to the Women's prenatal hospital in Sierra Leone. It's
0: not even a $100 that they make you get to before they'll cut you a check. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we had to reach three digits yeah. before.
0: <laughs> You're making the, the Making It Rain money Yeah. It's, hand symbol it's not that people raining can't it see. <laughs> it's kind of a. An occasional drizzle kind of money.
1: Well, mostly, like, we could make more money on our YouTube account if I put non-skippable ads. But I make all our ads skippable.
0: Nobody wants to listen to ads. Yeah. I don't want to. No. No ads. It is not, again,
1: this is not a money-making thing for us.
0: (laughs) No. It's better if you say you don't want to make any money off of it and then you don't, you're doing it, right? Yes. But if you say you want to try to make some money and you don't, yeah. You're a failure. Yeah, So it's better to just say, Bleh. we're not going to try to make any money no. off of it. And if we do, we'll donate every dime that we get. So anyhow, nobody wants to talk about money. They want to talk about Father Brown.
1: Father Brown, the face of
0: death. This is the weirdest party. I don't know if she's trying to be like queen of hearts. Like, I guess. welcome to, you know, my weird, strange party. but
1: But first we have to get to the first death.
0: Yeah. Poor dude gets run over by a car.
1: Duh! He, like he is the son who whose father passes away in bed is the prototypical "I'm the town drunk."
0: Daniel. Yeah, yeah. I wear a rope for a belt.
1: Yeah. kind of guy. Like if he if the rag and bone man wasn't in the previous episode, he would have been the rag and bone mm-hmm. man.
0: I felt bad for him. His dad was just out picking up some roadkill and got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> That's clearly what he's doing. He's picking up a dead bird on the side yeah. of the road,
1: and he they, gets they, run they, they didn't over. have
0: it made beforehand. But you know?
1: those roads, like, so we've both been to England together and at different times, not together. Those roads, woo. you don't. Drive fast on roads like that, unless you want to hit some
0: old guy picking up roadkill.
1: I definitely remember roads like that when I was a kid, where I was growing up.
0: It's it's how you spot a local from a visitor, right? The locals are flying, yeah, because they know where they're going.
1: So she gets hit, he gets hit, whammo, and the blonde lady, let's call her Lady Margaret Napsalot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Somebody looked at me, I have to go lay down. Oh, Cook has left. She's quit. I have to go lay down.
1: I spent so much time trying to read the numbers on the telephone. (laughs) I'm going to go lay down. You looked at my phone. I blew it up huge to see if I could see the numbers that's a beautiful Bakelite phone
0: it is but it's dirty it is it has the little tray underneath yes. it with, that you can keep phone numbers yes, on you
1: pull it out and you put your phone when
0: people only had like eight phone numbers
1: to remember and people actually remembered phone numbers
0: well because they were like Butterfield 912 or 815 yeah, like or something they were more like bingo calling than phone numbers yes Um. how did they film her sleeping she's always sleeping and she's sleeping in this big canopy bed where'd they put the camera okay
1: okay. there is a problem with the camera but there's a bigger problem Hmm. this woman is fully clothed napping in the middle of the bed
0: okay but you don't know how hard it is to get in and out of one of those dresses the zip is impossible but just
1: getting into that position you just lay down lead to some awkward
0: position no you just roll out of bed again it's (laughs) like a you know those little tight the tight dresses back then that kind of kept your knees together you just kind of flop out and flop back in
1: again okay Okay, so it's a canopy bed. Yeah. And you said that they didn't remove the canopy because it's an antique bed.
0: This is filmed at Rue Lynch Court, which is initially a Tudor home with, uh, apparently in the grounds, there is an old, even earlier manor house with a square moat.
1: A square moat. Oh, a moat and Bailey moat. Mott and Bailey. Mott and Bailey. Sorry. Um, Sorry. So we'll get to pronunciation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you can tell that it's a Tudor-era house just by the way that it's constructed. But it's a historic home. It's on the registry and all that good stuff. And all of the furniture that's in the house that you see in the episode is furniture that's actually in the house. So. I don't think they did a lot of set dressing. I think they just used it the way that it is because it's beautiful. So yeah, it's the um, master bed of the nine beds that are in the house proper. And it has a big ivory satin canopy above it.
1: Okay, so to film this, they would have rigged it so that Mission Impossible style, there was a cameraman hanging above her with a GoPro on his forehead.
0: Oh, okay. So he's like hovering...
1: And they have to like l-
0: <laughs> lower him down yep. to get closer to her yep. for close-ups and then crank him back up. Yep. Like a little winch. Yep.
1: Pull the rope. Well, and- it goes right through the top of the cam camanopee. Cam- cam- cam-
0: <laughs> um or maybe a Camera
1: cam- Cameramanopee. <laughs> wow. Name- there's the name of the episode. <laughs>
0: Cameramanopee and Mr. Gillespie, the crime solving dog. Um or maybe they just put a camera on a stick. Or
1: lady naps a lot. Yes, it's likely a camera on a stick. Usually called a crane <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> well, not on a
0: stick. Meanwhile, Daniel's asleep in the cemetery. She's taking a nap in her bed and he's asleep in the cemetery.
1: Well, Father Brown, you got mail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got an invitation to a party.
1: And I saw the letter, I saw the number, and I was like, okay, first of all, who numbers their guests like that?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no pressure. How many people were invited? 20. Oh, I'm guess tw- 20. Oh, I was the last person you <laughs> thought of. Great. I appreciate that. So Daniel's asleep in the cemetery and Father Brown finds him. Uh, he's clearly drunk. His, so there's his two dad family. has died.
1: Th- there's Daniel, whose dad died. Mm-hmm. And then there's... The Galloways. The Galloways or Napsalots. Mm-hmm. And it is the typical family. So we have the stereotype Lady Napsalot who is Margaret wants to have a big, important party and wants it all to go off. She's raising money
0: for charity, and
1: raising money for charity, for the
0: local bird sanctuary. <laughs> and then
1: the second trope we have is the intellectual academic husband. Yeah. And the, the tweeds. And then we have the daughter who's just hell on wheels.
0: She's a misfit. Yes. What did we do wrong? She must have been adopted or found in a ditch somewhere. Later,
1: she formed Susie and the Banshees.
0: (laughs) I was thinking she was going a little bit more Audrey Hepburn. She's a
1: little Louise Brooks, actually. With the Bob. Yeah. Yeah. With the Bob. But
0: that Bob is, at this point, 30 years out of style. Yeah. Isn't it? It kind of. Maybe it's coming back.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She's bringing it back.
0: Bringing it back. Bringing the Bob back. They live in this giant Tudor house. Did you see the big millstone in the courtyard?
1: Yeah. That was kind of cool, that, though. That was cool. And then Clarence shows up.
0: Well, you know it's a manor house when there's a lot of pea gravel. Yes. <laughs> there's got to be a ton of pea gravel and to crunch pe- along in, to drive through, to whip your car out of so that it flies up and hits the historical blown glass windows that cost a gazillion dollars to replace, you know.
1: In a things. car driven by a misogynistic pornographer. Oh,
0: Clarence. I have to say, when he dies, I'm like, oh good, it's Clarence. I
1: could not die fast enough. <laughs> He's gross. He is indeed gross. Maybe
0: you'll let me photograph you in some French lingerie. And then she's like,
1: oh, okay. Like like I'll go around
0: later to measure you for your costume. What his his mask? I hate- His mask. You have to measure him for his mask?
1: I hate that he- Because <laughs> that's what he's wearing. Gives her a modicum of attention, and she wilts instantly. She
0: she puts up a little wall initially. A little bit. And then it quickly falls down.
1: And she keeps looking at her picture of her daughter. It was weird. Mm-hmm. But she's sketching a bird. Yeah. Because
0: she's into birds. Tropical
1: bird.
0: No, local birds. I'll measure you for the
1: costume
0: your your mask yes. that i bought already yeah cuz surely he has his own tux i would think so captain clarence already has a tux uh. he drives an mg though his car yes. is
1: sweet so, what does MG stand for? Did you look that up? It stands for Morris Garages. Not Mecha Godzilla. No. Oh, it should be Mecha Godzilla. It should. St- that would be so much better if the car transformed <laughs> into Godzilla. That or- would make that little <laughs> MG even cooler. Yeah, but
0: since Clarence is driving it, it's more like massively gross. Yeah, he's kind of massively
1: gross, misogynistic git. There you go. I like <laughs> there that one. Go.
0: That's perfect. That's yep. what that MG stands for. Yeah. Yeah. They were invented by a guy named Cecil Kimber, but he worked for a manufacturer named Morris. Okay. So he called them MGs out of respect for his boss.
1: I like the the art deco of that logo is so beautiful. And MGs are just cool. They're just super cool. Unfortunately, it's driven by git. Yes. He's,
0: ugh. he just, it's like he has a camera always ready to take pictures of girls. Yes. You know, because you never know when you're going to see a girl and you want to take her per- her picture without her permission.
1: The next scene is the most problematic thing in the entire episode for me. Okay. It is between the daughter. What's her name again? Lucia. Lucia, Lucia. and her father. Mm-hmm. She is clearly has a passion for making clothes. Yeah. And the clothes she makes are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he derides her. See who I did there? <laughs> is that foreshadowing? <laughs> saying that it is at her age, which I assume is 30 years in the in the past, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's got to be 50, and I think she's like 17.
1: That he was reading Rousseau and Derrida. Mm-hmm. No, you mean Derrida? Derrida. Okay. <laughs> okay. There are two ways to pronounce this name. There is... What the Anglicized world says, which is Derrida, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely cool. Mm -hmm. I've heard him introduced as Derrida. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely fine. This is Jacques Derrida, famous deconstructionist philosopher. Mm -hmm. We'll get to the dates in a second. And French people are allowed to call him Derrida. Mm -hmm. Because that's how his name is actually pronounced, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know what he says.
0: He says Doritos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically.
0: He calls him nacho cheese. Yes. (laughs) Russo and nacho cheese. That's what I was reading
1: when I was your age. Rutabagas and nacho cheese. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then! (laughs) But he's also a time traveler, apparently, if he was reading Derrida when he was
1: 17. Derrida was born in 1930, which would... Mean that he was a child when he was in high school. Yeah, I mean, Derrida was gifted. Yes,
0: he wrote a lot of things that are really important. Yes, but I don't think he started
1: when he was a baby. No. <laughs> and at this point in time, this is supposed to be 1953. Mm-hmm. He is just entering grad school. Yes, I did a couple of papers on Derrida in so my did undergrad. I. It's okay.
0: Derrida and Borges were my yep. babies.
1: Yep. When so, I was an uppity undergrad. <laughs> Jack Derrida and his deconstruction crew. Um, which leads me to the second problem. The third problem of this scene, the episode, the she's reading Practical Householder. Mm-hmm. Did you see what was on the cover of that particular episode uh, issue? No. They're building a concrete block garage okay. on the cover of it. Okay. I found the exact issue January 1956. Oh, she's a time traveler, too. She is also a time traveler. She has magazines from the future. Magazines from the future. That
0: wasn't even the problem. I mean, I didn't notice the magazine, but I noticed the Derrida problem. But that wasn't the biggest problem I had. What? She's cutting fabric on a blanket
1: in the yard. There's no place to make clothing.
0: (laughs) No, no. Anybody who's ever sewn anything knows you at least need a freaking table. You lay things out on a flat table. It is difficult to cut out a pattern, never mind, if you're just doing it in your lap.
1: <laughs> She's not she can't be that talented. Physics still applies. And this is a perfect example of the trope of I'm going to ignore your passions because I don't share them.
0: I I don't know. I think I think he's actually trying. Now, I know he's a psychopath killer. Okay. I, I know that. But as a father, I think he's actually trying because he, he he admits that he misspeaks. What he wants is for her to do the most that she can with the gifts that she's been given and not underestimate herself, well, not sell herself
1: short. Unfortunately, she has a dark, deadly secret. Which is she likes jazz. She's also dyslexic. <laughs> oh, no. What? She's doomed. What? What? What do I put on the pillow? Oh, we got to talk about that later. You got to save it.
0: The best part of this scene is Mr. Gillespie. Oh, Mr. Gillespie. The best dog. He's almost as good as Bob in Poirot. He
1: is. Bob and Mr. Gillespie need a book series together. They could
0: hang out and solve crimes. You guys might not remember Bob. He's a little white Shetland Terrier. I think it's a Shetland Terrier. We used to call him Scotties. He's white. He he plays with a ball and... He gets accused
1: of murder. He does. He gets accused of killing the old lady. He didn't. It was not Bob. It was not Bob. Bob go to bed.
0: Anyway, Mr. Gillespie has a way cooler name. Yes. He's probably named after Dizzy Gillespie. Yes, I like that. I like the jazz parts of this. I like that he's Mr. Yes. (laughs) He's very regal. Anyway, don't try to sew on a blanket. Father Brown is going to skip his celibacy class. (laughs) <laughs> to go to the party. I think he's got it down. I think he does. By his age, I like, think he's got it down.
1: Nowhere in the entirety of ten seasons is there any indication that so he's remotely tempted by a woman. It is no. It is understood that Father Brown may have served in the First World War. He certainly served in the second world war. And in the second world war, he's a priest. Mm-hmm. They show scenes of it later on. Mm-hmm. So so um, from
0: his young adulthood, he's been a
1: priest. Unlike Mrs. Marple, who dates married men. When she's younger. Yes, when she's younger. She's had a story to pass. no indications that no. Father Brown sees women as anything but- Parishioners. Yep.
0: Yep, his flock.
1: Yeah. Felicia
0: raises an, an eyebrow at him, but it's not because she's like, oh, yeah?
1: No. No, it's, it's not like that. because she would like she's, never- No, she's- she. She would get in the car with Sid to tour the cele- cel- the celebrity celibacy thing, <laughs> to go and and basically try to turn those people from celibacy. You think
0: she'd do it like a hoochie dance outside the window of the celibacy class? Maybe. <laughs> oh la la! It's, she's the final exam. Yes, they have to resist Lady Felicia. She wiggles her eyebrows and. Winks at him. I think I would rather go to even this weird party than go to the celibacy class. Would yes, you? Yes,
1: I would much rather go to this party, even though Dr. Egghead and Captain Birdbrain are at it. I was like, what is this, Batman 66 with yeah. all these puns? Now, here is, I think, the best scene of the episode when Valentine and Father Brown show character and knowledge of each other and have fun. And Mrs. M and Lady F are just, like, not buying it. No. when they're like,
0: I, I couldn't possibly compete. I need to give other people a chance. Yes. Though I really, really like when Lady Felicia takes away Sid's glass and then just keeps both of them. Yes. So she can't applaud because she's got wine in each hand. <laughs> But then Mrs. M takes one of them from her.
1: This episode, did you notice that Father Brown drinks more in this episode than any episode we've seen so far?
0: He has a little bit of red wine. What else does
1: he have? He drinks, uh, when he's outside with the character who I shall speak of soon, Uh uh, outside of the bar with that character, he drinks a beer, too. Sid? No. He has a- Suddenly Thomas.
0: Oh. (laughs) Father Brown has a pint outside the pub all the time. He and Sid have pints
1: together all the time. Like, Lucia- Never mentions Thomas. Mm -hmm. No one ever mentions Thomas. No. Suddenly she is lip locked with a guy. Who does not like her. Who does not like her.
0: He needs jobs. He needs to work. He needs to make money to pay his way. And she is a wealthy, snotty girl who's making him get fired and getting him in trouble. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her. She keeps coming on to him. He's like, go away.
1: Lucia... Is clearly hampered with her unbelievable educational disability. Oh. We're being
0: sarcastic, by the way.
1: (laughs) But but
0: her uh, We're not saying that dyslexia isn't a serious difficulty for people, but at this time, well, at least in this episode, they're treating it like half of your brain is gone. Yeah. And not like it's something that you can learn to live with and work with, and it's still challenging, but that
1: you can do it. And doesn't make you a killer the moment you step in a car.
0: Maybe if they weren't women. Yes. If you were male and you yes. were dyslexic, maybe. maybe you could overcome it. But women, I mean, come on. They have enough problems already.
1: So this is Lucia's privilege showing, because she doesn't even understand that Thomas needs the job mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's suddenly Thomas. Yeah, he is. He is the adverbial phrase. Suddenly, where does he show up? Like, and then know, he's but- like a main character for five minutes, and then everybody forgets him.
0: And, yep, and then he's gone. He's just chopping wood, breaking up, making her go away, drinking a beer. Then he's gone,
1: and he's horrible to her. I know she's horrible to him, but when he says, "You're stupid," like your mother says, so like, wow, yeah. Like, you're not coming to my Susie and the Banshees concert after that.
0: <laughs> he's tr- he's clearly trying to say something bad enough that she will go away and stay away. Yeah. Like, how how hard do I have to theoretically kick you for you to go away? Clarence is dead next to a little shack. Did you see the little shack? No. He's sitting on like a stump next to a little shack. Yes. And the little shack looks just like the house. We- it's a toter shack. <laughs> It's Tudor on the outside, the, the white with the black wood. Why would they
1: have that shack there? Is it like a garden shed? Yeah,
0: like a little garden there's shed, a, but a, it looks like the house. It's
1: it's like the fanciest little wooden shack. There's a crime we get to before the murder, though. Mm. Father Brown.
0: Cheaty McCheeterson. I don't think he cheats. I think he just finds an alternative way to the end. To finding Lady Napsalot sitting on a cushion surrounded by treasure chests of candy.
1: Mom, mom, I got a part. What's your part, son? I'm Valentine's goon that finds a feather. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Why does Valentine have a bunch of goons? He's like... This whole thing is Batman 66. My
0: bigger question is, why is he such an aggressive smoker in this episode? Oh, my God. Like, like he's got one in each hand and, like, blowing smoke in Father Brown's face and, like, just, like... By the way, I'm smoking. Did you notice I'm smoking? I'm smoking. It's the 50s. I'm smoking. Smoking,
1: smoking, smoking. Everybody should be smoking. Valentine the Smoky Bear. We already told us about that. Yes. Then there's a touching scene with Father Brown and Lucia in her bedroom.
0: Which is way up in the attic of the house, but he claims he got lost. No, you didn't. She's just up there being a hip kid listening to the smooth jazz, which is so much better than the jazz that's playing at the party. Oh, yeah. The jazz that's playing at the party is one drunk trumpeter.
1: And it's like... <laughs> she's at least listening to music. And I like how Father Brown's open to jazz. He's open. He's cool. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yep.
0: Yeah. So Clarence is dead next to the little shack. He's killed an by axe. an axe
1: or a sword. Yeah. Those are two very different wounds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're both cuts.
1: Yeah. To
0: the Neckle region. (laughs) Neckle? (laughs) Because that's what Patrick likes to do. He's like a golfer, you know,
1: but with a sword. We'd like everybody to congregate in the drawing room. Have you not seen any murder mysteries? That's at the end of the episode.
0: You don't even know who did it yet. You can't get everybody
1: together yet. It's not how it works.
0: Margaret slaps Lucia.
1: Yeah. And. Doesn't even check to see which hand it is first. (laughs) We're not
0: making fun of dyslexia. We're making fun of the way it's portrayed in this character. Which is horrible. Which is really bad. All, I know what I should think is, oh my gosh, she slapped her child. That's so yeah. wrong. She's so out of control. What is up with her? And all I could think was, if you get slapped by somebody wearing gloves, does it even hurt? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's got on those blue gloves. Like, oh well, whatever. Like, you still did try to hit me, mom. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. But eh, it wouldn't even leave a mark, I don't think. Now, if she punched you, it would still hurt. But Lady Napslot's
1: not a puncher. I have a, nap, uh, a note near here that says, does she have nothing proper to sleep in? <laughs> don't change out of your clothes to take a nap. Yeah, you do.
0: Okay, you do. Okay. Most people don't. They just lay down and take a nap. They take their shoes off and lay down and take a nap. Half the time... Well, I've only ever taken like three naps in my whole life. I don't even take my glasses off. I just lay down.
1: Oh, by the way, one of the highlights of the broadcast channel on Instagram lately is a picture of me and the dog out. (laughs) You are
0: not just asleep. You are both out. The dog looks like her neck is broken. She's so out. Now, Kimbleford is not a place of big, big crime, big organized crime. No. Right? There's no mafia in Kimbleford. But I tell you what, if there was and you came there looking to investigate and you wanted to figure out what the front was for the mafia or for the organized crime, there's only one place it could be. The Kimbleford Mask Shop. The Costume Emporium. Yes. Because there's no way they stay in business. How do they stay in business? In any legitimate way, selling three masks a year. Yeah. Now, that devil, that paper mache devil
1: mask in the window is kind of cool. It was. I just thought, I could make that. And it's like... Nice little Father Brown scene looking at the devil mask. Is he looking at the face of death there? No, only if it's his reflection in the window. Yes.
0: But they don't show him going inside. There's no scene inside because there isn't. Inside, it's just Guido counting money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Father Brown, what you doing? Don't tell anybody about our uh, business. (laughs) We got going on in here. Was that racist? Uh, no. Nah,
1: okay. Okay, now we have the next death, which is the point where I was like, oh, yeah.
0: Well, they think they see Daniel outside. Yes. Right? So they have a little freak out, and Lady Napslot has to go lay down a little bit. And uh, Patrick is like, I, I I can't protect you. I I, I can't go to, ch- I don't know what, I uh, blah, blah, And all of a sudden, I was struck like- Okay, so the actor who plays Professor Patrick Galloway yes. is Stephen Boxer. Yes. He has been in a Midsummer. Yes. He was in uh, Midsummer Rhapsody. Yes, he was. Uh, Lady Napsalot was in Sins of Commission. Yes. The one with the Literary Festival yes. Midsummer. But, So I knew I recognized him. But at this point, when he's really like flapping around being a, a wimpy guy, is when I, it suddenly struck me who he reminds me of.
1: Who's he remind you of?
0: Don Knotts.
1: Yeah, he has a lot of Don Knotts. Too. He's
0: Mr. Chicken.
1: He is. He has a lot of Don Knotts <laughs> in too. that
0: suit, flapping around, acting yeah. like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." I'm yeah. like, he looks just like Don Knotts.
1: Yeah. They, they,
0: Which I'm not old enough to know who Don like, Knotts is, but I know who he is. we seen them
1: in the room together? I don't think so. I don't think so. We
0: know he can time travel, so, you know, could be. You guys can look up Knotts, Don Knotts and see if you don't know who he
1: is. It's Lady sleeps, Lady naps a Napsalot and Sir Not Don Knotts. Yeah. Don Knotts. <laughs> and Sir, Perhaps, and sir Not per, Don Knotts. That's
0: Professor Sir Not Don, professor Don Knotts. Professor Sir Not Don Knotts. <laughs> Which is why the P or Ertzad's <laughs> done. Which is why the P that she draws in the pillow still refers to him because he's Professor, not Donuts. It's the P for Professor
1: oh. or Patrick. Did but, she dip her finger in her own blood? To yeah, write? Oh. yeah. She
0: like dug inside, like. <laughs> Because she's got a bunch of little stabbies. So she had to find one that was big enough for a finger. No, no, no. Oh, that one. And you probably have to dip a few times, too. And my I note is,
1: now she has bedclothes.
0: <laughs> now she's got pajamas? Now
1: she has pajamas on.
0: I, I'm surprised you even count those as pajamas, because she's got a nightdress and a robe over it. Oh, like, she's got two layers of pajamas. Too much.
1: You know what? I We watch too many of these shows. We've talked about this before, but... It breaks you a little bit. I really really felt for sid here sid would be incredibly upset
0: yeah because it was his job to keep her safe yeah and, and he she would take that seriously yeah
1: i think so too even
0: if he didn't like her
1: no because that's like he does
0: have some honor it's a weird to, honor but he has honor and
1: he's got to make the connection that if i can't protect her can i protect lady felicia mm-hmm. and if something happened to lady felicia oh he'd be devastated he would be so devastated yeah
0: It doesn't help that they make him stand outside.
1: Well, that's so that he's not caught by the plot armor that runs (laughs) through the house.
0: But all the other doors are locked, Mark. Yes. In this giant house that goes on and on. No,
1: they just come in the back door. The back door. There's just one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Not a giant window or, you know, some other opening. I
1: love how they get the nine on the pillow all wrong. And have all sorts it of It doesn't fun.
0: even look like a nine. You know, it, it looks doesn't. like a backwards P. It
1: looks like a backwards
0: They P. may as well have said, oh, I think it's an inverted lowercase B. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, upside down. She must have rotated the pillow after she wrote it. Yes. It's for B or, or it's a backwards lowercase D. We just don't know. It could be anything. It's a tennis racket, poorly drawn. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking of all the symbols. A circle and a stick could be, it's a bad lollipop. Like... Mostly I'm thinking of you because you can't draw very well. And if it was you, like, I would be like, no, no, don't assume that it's a nine. His handwriting was awful and he couldn't draw. It could be anything. It could be really, it's a mountain. He he could have been trying to make a symbol for a parrot or something. I don't know what that is. Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. (laughs) If you guys can see his face right now. (laughs) He's really trying not to be mad at me. You write like a serial killer. I'm sorry. Your handwriting is so bad.
1: I do. I do write very poorly.
0: So I hope you never get murdered and have to leave the initial of the killer in your own blood. I'll
1: I'll try to leave first and last initials.
0: Just whip out a typewriter real quick. Type it out. Well, cut the the letters out of a newspaper. uh, I may
1: may nap in the proper clothes, (laughs) but I also have my typewriter with me.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Send me a text of who did it before you die. Okay. Daniel's been dead for days in a pit.
1: Oh, we're there already?
0: (laughs) It's not even a dry well. It's just a pit. It's
1: just a pit. It's just
0: a garden feature. What a horrible way to die. Your dad has just been, you think, murdered. Yeah. You're homeless, and you're an alcoholic. All you've got to your name is this old useless sword, and you get killed and pushed into a garden feature and covered up with weeds. By an academic. By a professor. You know those people. I mean, like, come on, even drunk Daniel should be able to fight him
1: off. Father Brown rides his bike through a field, and I'm like, isn't there a road nearby? I think riding bikes on grass is hard. It is. Especially uneven grass. So he uses the super nose of Mr. Gillespie to find the body. Mm -hmm. And then the professor comes along, and Father Brown says, dude, the... The jig is up. Yeah,
0: yeah. I cannot believe that Professor Not Don Knotts is going to behead Father Brown. (laughs) He goes full crazy go. Like, get down on your knees. Okay, hold your head still. Yeah. And I'm going to do like a full 360 swing and lop it off.
1: Well, luckily Susie doesn't make the gate make a noise. No, she stealth modes the the squeaky gate. And walks up to him in
0: her goth boots and whammo. By Susie, he's making a Susie and the Banshees joke, which if you look them up, you'll see that she has the same hair. And she whacks her dad on the head with a rock. Yes. He's short, she's short, so it works. I guess. She's lucky he didn't spin around and lop her head off, too. She deserved it.
1: Wow. He's nasty. He is like, I understand he's humiliated because his wife is sleeping with his cousin. M- Mega Godzilla. <laughs> and no <laughs> misogynistic gross guy. It, but like, have a conversation with her.
0: He kills Daniel just to frame him. Yeah. He was just in the way. He's just crazy. He's, he's human trash, basically. Yeah, I just I just put him in the garden. Yeah. What does he think he's going
1: to do with Father Brown? I don't know. Like, what is his end goal here? Is he just going to put him in the pit too? And again, and I hate hate to bring this up over and over again, but what is the inciting incident here? Like Like, what triggers him? Does he feel so guilty that he put the dyslexic woman in the car that he has to start killing now? That makes no sense at all. That
0: would explain why he might kill Daniel to make him stop accusing her. But maybe. no, why? D- his goal all the time is to kill his wife and her lover. Daniel yeah. is just a byproduct. Yeah. So what makes and him snap and want to kill do Margaret it
1: at the party? He's just waiting for Clarence to visit. Do you think maybe there was a scene that was cut where he confronts Clarence and then runs him through with a sword ax?
0: I think what we're supposed to think is and maybe, here's my supposition, is that he notices how Clarence looks at Lucia, and he's not having it because he thinks, oh, Clarence is going to try to put the moves on my daughter. It's bad enough he's sleeping with my wife. I'm going to take him out. So he's going to kill Clarence.
1: Even better, have but, him say, I'm going to confront him, and then have Clarence, say, him. have Clarence say, well, are you sure she's your daughter? Mm-hmm. Like, they're like... Okay, murderous rage, I guess.
0: And then he's got a motive to kill Lady Napsalot, too. Yes. Because she slept with him and has been lying to him all this time.
1: But that would only be the case if Lucinda was... Lucia. Lucia was 15. And if she's 15...
0: See, I think she could be. I think
1: she could be anywhere from
0: 15 to 22. But I think she's under 18.
1: Well, she could be 12 or 21.
0: Wow, that's a deep joke. That's a deep joke. Don't even try to get it, people. That was a Mark Gets It joke. Let's just pretend that that's what happened. Did you notice the weird droning noise when they're in the garden when he's confronting Patrick? Yeah. It's kind of like somebody's playing house music kind of far away.
1: Yeah, I did notice that noise.
0: There's bees and flies. That's one thing. That's not what
1: I'm talking about. No, no. There's a noise there that must have... Driven the audio engineer insane.
0: Underneath the dialogue, underneath the flies, there is a
1: boom, 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 boom. Or it's like a lawnmower, like we're hearing right now.
0: Ah, it's got a rhythm to it. It does have a I, rhythm. I think there's a music festival going on somewhere or something, <laughs> and they did their best And we to... also
1: have a music festival this weekend. It's... Oh, everybody has to come in costume. Thank you, I can now run my business. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a
0: time-traveling music festival, because it's clearly house music. It's what it sounds like. Yes. I think they tried to remove it from the footage and did their very best to kind of like dull it down and like hide it with flies buzzing over the dead body, but it's there. So let's talk about the flashback of the car ride of death Okay, and why this is so problematic. Okay. (laughs) This is horrible. Lady Napsalot is driving her car. Yep. Theoretically. In her
1: napping outfit.
0: Theoretically, which is just her regular clothes. (laughs) Yes. I get it. Patrick is with her, right? So he—I think so. Yeah, yeah. So he's not driving. He, she's driving. So she must be confident about driving. Otherwise, yeah. she would say, "No, no, you drive." Okay, yeah. all right. So she goes around the corner. She sees Daniel's dad picking up the dead stuff. That was a lot of D's, and panics. Yeah. Okay, and based on the flashback. In her panic, she takes her foot off the gas pedal where it already was, right? Yeah. Looks down, sees one that says L
1: and one that says R. And then there's the part where she gets her hands She holds her
0: fingers up to make the L and the backwards L to figure out which is left and which is right. No, no, that's when she takes her hands off the wheel and that's how she hits (laughs) it. No. Why wouldn't they just say stop, go? Yeah. On the pedals. Like, if, and if you need to look at the pedals, you shouldn't be driving.
1: And maybe you should be avoiding him rather than stopping. Like, maybe stopping's not a
0: stopping an, is secondary to steering away. Yes. <laughs> He's way too close for you to stop.
1: But then, so they hit him and they know they hit him. And then they kind of look at each other and go, Uh, Oops. And drive away.
0: I don't think they do. I think maybe they drive to get help because everybody knows that she's the one who hit him. It's not like a hit and run. And there's nobody else around to have said it was her. She didn't deny it. If she had denied it or not admitted, you know, if if they hadn't gone to get him help or whatever,
1: she'd be in a lot more trouble. This is... As she says from the very beginning, a terrible accident. Yes. If Does she, she feel bad about it? Of course. If, if she's not ready to show up in French lingerie in her pictures, she is a good mom and a, like a good person mm-hmm. who's dealing with the fact that her accident
0: causes somebody, to, somebody die. to
1: die, which would make you wear clothes to bed.
0: Now- does it make her say to Daniel, I'm so sorry about your dad. And it was an accident, but I feel responsible. What can I do to help you? Can I give you a job?
1: Yes. Can we provide you a place to live?
0: Can you have a job taking care of one part of our fabulous garden?
1: Or, yeah, like <laughs> you can have a house on the estate and not do anything.
0: Yeah, that, that would be fine. They have plenty.
1: And And tell me about your dad.
0: So she's still a bad person for not doing that. uh, Her guilt gets in the way of her being a good person. Lady Napsalot, inability to figure out which pedal is which. Yes. And the fact that she panics and then looks at the pedals just made me think of when I used to drive around with my cousin. Oh, who was the worst driver ever. Uh Uh-oh. When she was learning to drive and she was approaching an intersection and the light would turn yellow, she would yell, point of decision! Point of decision! (laughs) Out loud! Because she was trying to decide whether to go through the intersection or try to stop. And so she did this verbally?
1: She would yell, point of decision! (laughs) So there's Lady Napsalot. (laughs) Looking at the pedals. Looking at the pedals going, point of decision. (laughs) Is it left or right? Left or right? Thank
0: goodness she doesn't drive a stick. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Imagine if there was a clutch too. She'd be completely confused. There probably should be a clutch in that car. I don't think there were automatics yet.
1: I hate that the killer says that God is dead to Father Brown.
0: Father Brown doesn't care about that. That's
1: just stupid anti-intellectualism crap.
0: It, yeah, I mean it. it wouldn't. It wouldn't phase Father Brown at all. Yeah, but and it it reduces. Like, it's it's bad. It's bad for the character to say that. But Nichi- he's obviously a psych. Go. Yeah, the
1: Nietzschean argument that God is dead is so much more complex than just there was an old guy who died. Yeah. You know.
0: Okay, Professor Not Dunnoth Patrick is clearly not a very good academic. No. He says Dorito,
1: Doritos, or
0: Derrida.
1: <laughs> when I was your age, I was eating Doritos and rutabagas.
0: Yes. <laughs> Reading Antigone. <laughs> you almost spit your soda on your laptop. <laughs> It's I believe so it's
1: produced, pronounced Antigone.
0: <laughs> you mean Antigone? No, yes. it's
1: Antigone. Jeez, you don't know anything.
0: Who's the best corpse?
1: Uh, I think, what's his name in the well? Daniel? Oh, yeah. He's got all those flies in the house music to feel.
0: He's not <laughs> tapping his feet He's or He's been anything. dead for days. Dead for days, Daniel. I don't know. I think uh, Lady Napsalot is probably my favorite because in my head, she still has her finger stuck in one of her wounds to get more blood out to write out his whole name backwards. Hey, the A is the same either direction if you write it
1: in caps. Now, in previous episodes.
0: <laughs> So's the T. In
1: previous episodes.
0: Pat, why'd she write tap? <laughs> We're
1: horrible. Ta Nine? What's Ta Nine? <laughs> Again. Ta. we are not making fun of dyslexic no people. just how We're it's portrayed in this episode how it's portrayed in this episode mrs m normally would have went on a rant about lacy underwear and goth music but she is mellowed here
0: she's so relieved that father that, brown that didn't father get beheaded brown. by the pit. Yeah. <laughs> yes that, that that's what she's thinking about yes And then she bustles off to go to the Costume Emporium to do her money-counting shift.
1: Yes, and Father Brown lights a candle for Daniel. Yeah, which is the
0: right thing to do. Yes. Though I think Lady Napsalot deserves one, too.
1: I think so, too. She... She had her flaws, but no one else did. No one else doesn't, except for
0: everybody else
1: does, you Mecha, mean <laughs> everyone else does. Except for Mecca Godzilla. He's just horrible.
0: No. Misogynistic gross guy does not get a candle. No, Sorry. No. But Father Brown would light one for him anyway, because he's a good person. He is. After the credits, uh Lucia's in charge of everything. Yes. She gets she, the big house all to herself. She
1: gets the big house to run her fashion empire, and I hope she does it. Me too. I hope she has galas and
0: fashion shows on the lawn yep and has Thomas hired I don't think Thomas wants anything to do with That's her true. I don't think he likes her plus I don't think it's because she's from the big house that he doesn't like her I think she does he doesn't like her
1: period also do they not have tables at this pub like they have to sit in the grass outside? It's because he's he's dirty. He's a oh, he's a working rustic.
0: he's a working guy. He's got to sit outside. No
1: work clothes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a midsummer. There's rem- a midsummer callback. Bembo. For-
0: All right. So that is the face of death.
1: Okay, so what we got for you is the face of death this week. This is Monday when you're listening to it. And then later on this week, we have season 24, episode three, claws out the mini episode for midsummer. For midsummer. And then after Christmas, I cannot believe I just said that. Mm-hmm. We have a climate of death, which uh, will drop the mini, will drop on the uh twenty eighth of December.
0: That's the day the mini will come out, not yeah. the because
1: the episode comes out on Christmas Day. Or on right? Christmas Day. All right. And then then starting January eighth, we will cover those four new midsummer episodes. In entirety. And so boy, if you have
0: access, you better watch him before then, because we're going to spoil them in the full episodes. Boy,
1: do we have a lot to talk about. So
0: much. With only two down, we have so much to talk about.
1: And then then we'll finish off Father Brown season one with two episodes. Yeah. And then we're not sure. God, that's February. That's a million years from now. <laughs> it's going to be Certainly here not five weeks away. It's going to be here before you know it. I know. Mm-hmm
0: we'll probably say it in the mini, but I know not everybody listens to the minis. If you don't have access to the episodes, you're not going to listen to the yes. minis. So this is our last chance to tell you, if you're not going to listen to those, that we hope you have a great holiday. Yep. We hope you get some rest, spend Happy some time holidays. with people that you love, have a laugh,
1: have some cookies. That's the extent of our Christmas song, by the way. We Happy say, holidays. Yep. Happy uh, uh, enjoy yourself. We're going to make some of the cookie recipes that you sent us. Yes. And we'll post some pictures when we'll we do. We'll post some pictures. And Thank all you all good. for listening
0: this year. We yep. really, really appreciate it. We love doing this. It's a blast every time. And it's just, it's great to be part of a
1: community with all of you. And now that the YouTube money is flowing.
0: <laughs> We're rich because <bitches. laughs>
1: <laughs> You know it. Mr. Beast. You better be worried. Look out!
0: <laughs> we're going to be ranking top number one <laughs> with our $72 that we're going to donate. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> All right, Maniacs. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Yes. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. In your strawberries wow this is
1: gonna be an exciting outtake <laughs>
0: i'm not trying to record an outtake i'm just <laughs> answering your question